This is the unadulterated Word of God, coming to you from Savannah Ministries. We build up believers unto maturity. We raise ministers for the end-time harvest. We preach the Word of God with signs and wonders following. And we use the Word of God to meet the needs of mankind. To me. Your word is true. Beyond every other thing. Say it beyond every other thing. Your word is true. Look, we are speaking people. We are speaking people. And you must let these words, words come out of your mouth. Faith people are speaking people. Hallelujah. And so open your mouth and declare. If you allow feelings to hold you down, that is defeat. Amen. Amen. Don't allow circumstances to make you feel like you should not be talking. Hallelujah. And I tell you, when you start talking, they will arise to silence you. Speak up. Say, God is good to me. Amen. Say it again. Say, God is good to me. Say, I have life. I have eternal life. Amen. Say, I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Repeat it again. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I mean all things. Say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Say, say it with an attitude. Say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Say that one like he's pigeon. If God be for me, who can be against me? Now answer that question. Who can be against me? So this is the day that the Lord has made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. Are you rejoicing? Hallelujah. My young folks. My young folks. Great uncle. Say this is the day that the Lord has made. Aliyah, shout aloud. Say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Say, we rejoice and we are glad in it. Amen. You guys better start opening your mouth. I started preaching at 11. Amen. I started leading people to Christ at 11. Getting them filled with the Holy Ghost. I started ministering to the sick at 11. 1987. Can do the maths. It's not hidden. I'm 44. Amen. And seriously, I started preaching before 11 even. Before I got saved, I stood on stage to preach. Before I got born again, I feel the Holy Ghost. I stood on stage to preach. And I preached. I must tell you this. They called me to preach. And I was wondering what I was going to preach. Don Duke said, I'm Pastor Ray. We have been pastors for so many years. Amen. Don Duke and Pastor Ray said, this is the trick. Find the tract and preach from the track. Praise the Lord. And we had tracks. And I've got, I must tell you this. The only way we preach then is with track. Even before we got saved. And when we got born again, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God. Firebrand. Amen. Hallelujah. We got everybody that came in contact with us born again. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Plus family. 
to outsiders. Amen. Towards December that year when we came home for the holiday. I think, no, it was, I think it was even the long holiday. But one of the holidays we came home after we got filled with the Holy Ghost. That was when um, Solo was not with us in Mount St. Michael then. So he came from Makadi and met us. And of course, just automatically, he's my, my, younger, my immediate younger one. So, and we're very good friends. So immediately, the first thing I will tell him is baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the first person I got filled with the Holy Ghost in my own house is Solo, my media younger brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Then in the room, Reverend laid hands on me. I never, had, I never saw anybody fall under the anointing. We read about being falling under the anointing. Laid hands on me. I crashed into that bed. Thank God there was a bed behind me. There was something that we believed then. Don't do to bear witness. But I believe that if you are falling under the anointing, you don't need to be cut. You don't need anyone to catch you. We say it's the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Ghost can take care of you. And so, and we had furniture in the, in the room where we had our everyday meeting. We laid hands on ourselves. We fell down on them. Nothing. There was one spectacular one. I'll never forget that. I think it was solo. Reverend laid hands on him. He fell down. We had these wooden chairs. The arm is wooden. You know some of those old chairs, right? The arm is wooden. And you know how the edge is sharp. He fell down with the back of his head into the edge of the chair. Absolutely nothing happened to him. Hit the chair, rolled down, got up all fine, didn't complain like his head was paining him. Today we are sending ushers to catch you on top of carpet. Anyway... We will not put you through it. But we were trained by the best. So this is the day that the Lord has made. I rejoice and I'm glad in it. Say I'm the healed of the Lord. Come on, say it. Say I'm healed of the Lord. Say I believe. No, no, no. Say I don't believe in defeat. I cannot be defeated. And I cannot quit. Do you really mean that? Yes, Tap your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I cannot be defeated. And I cannot quit. I don't believe in defeat. If Jesus is the one that always leads us in triumph, then I don't believe in defeat. If I'm more than a conqueror through him, then I don't believe in defeat. I cannot fail. Because God cannot fail. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The greater one lives on the inside of me. Are you speaking, someone? Say, the greater one lives on the inside of me. Greater is life in me than death in the world. Greater is health in me than any virus that is in the world. Greater is the wisdom in me than any foolishness in the world. Greater is the riches in me than the poverty in the world. Glory! Greater is life in me. Hallelujah. Zoe! In me. I have the life of God. Thank you, sir. I have the life of God. Say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Say it again. Say, I am blessed. Say, I'm righteous. I don't believe in defeat. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Uh, this, one, this one speaks to a lot. Say, I have the mind of Christ. I don't make foolish decisions. 
I have good judgment, sound judgment. In finances, I have sound judgment. In my family, I have sound judgment. My decisions are God's decisions. Because I only say what I hear my father say. And I only do what I see my father do. I walk in his path. And in his path is life. His path drops with abundance. It drips with abundance. Drips with abundance. Say, I cannot be broke. Can God be broke? There's no broke in my dictionary. Glory to God. So I'm a blessing to others. Now say, I'm rich. Hallelujah. So I'm a blessing to others. Say, I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. Let that one come out well though. Let it come out well. Say, I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. I'm very rich. I'm a major blessing. Say, it's just saying words. You better just say words now. Say them now. Say, I'm rich. Hallelujah. Say, no evil can touch me. Everything I do prospers. Say, thousand fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. It shall not come near me. Only with my eyes will I see. I will behold the reward of the wicked. For he has given his angels charge concerning me. To steady me in all my ways. They hold me up. I will not dash my foot against a stone. And if there are stones all around, they hold me up. You know what it means? They hold me up. They elevate me. It's not strange to float. Amen. Hallelujah. So we just quoted our first scripture. So let's go to that's Psalm 91 verse 10 to 12. Let's go to Numbers 22. I have 15 minutes. And I really, really, really want to say a lot this evening. Amen. I'm fired up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Numbers 22. Amen. We began from verse 1, 1 to 5. We read 1 to 4 the other day. Numbers 22, 1 to 4. Let's just read it um, to, get, to get us started. Glory to God. Uh, the person behind there, can you... Please be sharp this evening, uh, quick and sharp, amen, like we just confessed, hallelujah, let's see that confession in effect in your life, so the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on the side Jordan by Jericho, and Balak the son of Zippor saw all, the, all that Israel had done to the Amorites, amen, and Moab their king, listen, their king saw these things and the entire nation was afraid. Hello? Their king saw it, but the entire nation is recorded to be afraid. Leadership is very important. Amen? Leadership is very important. Uh, that's why I say, woe unto you if your king is a child. Or to put in, a, in better terms, it's simple. It's 
void of understanding. Or in our own New Testament terms, cannot hear God. Amen. If your leader cannot hear God, you are in problem. Whether secular, whether secular, political, amen, or in the body of Christ. I don't know why you should be with a pastor who cannot hear God. Hello? If I can't hear God, you don't have any business being around me. And I said that boldly, amen. And I want to tell you I hear God. Hallelujah. And when I hear people laugh like, or try to make jest, that's why it pinches me. When I, or it pinched me that day when I heard somebody say that uh, um, you that hear God, uh, when next time you hear him, tell him that. Kai, I want to just be Reverend Tunde Aini instantly, those kind of periods. But Reverend Tunde Aini has his own anointing. See, if I use father or anything like that, people may get offended. If he says it, people will not get offended. But in those kind of times, we really want to say those kind of things. Because the, 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 the simple truth that you are void of understanding does not mean that life does not exist. It's like saying gravity does not exist. I know gravity exists. And you know, okay, it's like you knowing that gravity exists. But you have never heard about an airplane. Amen. So I told you, I came from Lagos. And I arrived, I left Lagos by 2 p.m. And I'm here today. And you say it's impossible. You say next time when you want to lie, lie the one that people can believe. Those kind of people, I will not even try to explain to you. Because I will, <laughs> ignorance is not bliss. It's fully. It's hurtful. Say, I hear God. So Moab was so afraid because of the people of Israel. Amen. And rumors went forth. Hallelujah. And hear what they said about them. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick us up. Hallelujah. Just like the ox, ox we eat up all the grass. Hallelujah. I told you before that God has not called us to come and establish just novel ideas. I know if you hear the word novel right now, so impulse mind just go to something negative. But bring your remember, novel is a good word. Well, some people pronounce it novel, where it's novel. Amen. It means something new. It means um, what has not been done before. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. God did not call us to just establish, the way we are taking over is establishing novel ideas of businesses, you know, what nobody has done. I come up with the new kind of phone that beats every other phone. And then everybody just gravitate towards me that, wow, nobody has thought about that before. I come up with innovations that have never happened before and people just gravitate towards you it's good though amen and you go to and fro you can come up with that amen certainly but god called us to take over amen 
That is why the example that we have in scripture from the Old Testament is an example of people coming to a good land that is full of giants and displacing them. Hallelujah. So it's not for us to start looking for businesses that don't exist so that you can take over, you can then establish them and money comes to you and you become the, the rich person. No. It's for you to take over. So you put your leg where giants are already and you displace them. So when they say one business is saturated, one idea is saturated and everybody is... is uh, No, no, no. Please don't talk, talk about that kind of business. That, I mean, that one has passed. You know how businesses happen in Nigeria? Pardon me, but let me stay here a little bit. But you know how businesses happen in Nigeria? When pure water came, you know how many people started pure water business? Do you, maybe you may not remember, maybe you were too young then, but some of us remember, because I know even my mom is here. When electric clipper, do you remember when electric clipper came? I know if I tell my children that there was, there's a clipper you can use to cut your hair, there is no electric. They cannot even picture it. But they cut their hair with those ones. Check it, check it, check it, check it, check it. You have to be an expert to be able to press it. How many of us saw that? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Those metal clippers that you press and it cuts hair. Not the comb and blade though. Comb and blade was in our own secondary school. When electric clipper came, my wife is looking at me like, don't tell people you are old. But they already know my age. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, uh, Reverend, Reverend, Reverend gave it away so I can, I can as well say it. I started a, a master's course. Uh, a a postgraduate, master's, anyone you want to call it, MSc. And I came to class, and we're waiting for um, the lecturer to come in. And, you know, it's new. We are all new. So there are these two other people beside me. Since opportunity, these are your classmates, so opportunity to talk. And we just began to, hey, how are you doing? And they now began to say something. And I said, um, 15 years ago when I finished my first degree, there was a... Nobody was listening to anything I was saying anymore. He said, wait, wait, wait. What did you say? <laughs> so the one behind me is like, what did you say? Did, you just, did I just hear you say 15 years ago you finished your first degree? I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry. I was just joking. From that point on, anything that came out of his mouth was sir. <laughs> Everything that came out was, uh, you know, sir. <laughs> okay. Cool down. I think I still look younger than you, right? Amen. I see some of my, um, well, we call it juniors, but people who are in lower years than you in school. Juniors, right? I saw, I've seen some of my juniors recently. My God. One I met recently in, um, during the Christmas holiday. He's, not only is he big, his hair is all gray. His beards are gray. He was looking at me like, and he's a lot bigger than me. And this is somebody who was not a year behind me. More than, I think, two or three years behind me. And his wife was sitting down. His wife was, you know, peak two. And I was like, and he introduced me to his wife. I greeted the wife, all veiled up, so no handshake. Shook his own hand. Then he just couldn't help it. Look at me. I say, what are you doing? <laughs> you have not changed. What else we call? What did I do? I didn't do anything. I said, it's God. It's God. 
Amen. But I just couldn't help but turn to look at him again like, what did you do? <laughs> I met another one who told me he has been in a UBA for over 10 years. And, and this is somebody who I think was in JS2 when I was in SS3. I'm like, am I that old that somebody who is in JS2 when I was in SS3 has already spent over 10 years in banking? God, where is this world running to? Amen. How did I get there? <laughs> okay, let's just move on because I need a lot of time this evening. Let me not talk any more stories. But I have to tell you one story. Amen. <laughs> last, last, last Sunday, we had a wonderful time in God's presence. Amen. I had a wonderful time. I didn't, I didn't have any plan for any of those. And God just took over. Amen. Like Aaron said, my own notes were messed up. He came and arranged them. Amen. My plans were not correct. He corrected them quite well. And um, I want to encourage you. Always give your testimony. How many of us have testimonies? In church, in Savannah Ministries, God has blessed you. You have a testimony. Amen. We need you to testify. One of the things that God told us this year is to emphasize the testimonies. Amen. And um, yes. Was it yesterday or this morning, Richard was sharing one of the testimonies from Dusaka, one little girl who Reverend paid for uh, SS and has completely healed. Amen. Amen. The sickle cell is all gone. Hallelujah. It snapped with the girl and I say you should bring the testimony. Amen. Bring records that we can show. Amen. Hallelujah. And there was um, someone here on, on Sunday who told me that, okay, I met him on, on Saturday when he came in. He came all the way from Port Harcourt, um, was getting some books when we saw. We actually saw from outside. I was the first person he ran into when he came into church. And um, of course, when he was getting the books, we greeted and all that. And then Sunday morning, he came. He now told me, oh, he's coming all the way from Port Harcourt. Oh, praise the Lord. And all that. And he said he was in service. He called me yesterday evening. Um, because after service, he told me he was going back to Port Harcourt. And he called me. He said, do I know that um, when he came to church, he was actually sick? Amen. Um, he had had typhoid. And for the past two weeks, he has been on several treatments. But for two weeks now, he has been on, ty- on a treatment for typhoid. And he had his drugs with him. So when flying back, he left his drugs in his check-in luggage. Amen. Of course, when he came into church, when we were ministering, he believed God to be healed. Came out, he was ministered to also. Um, and he got to Podako with his um, medication checked in. He couldn't take his medication at the time he was supposed to take. He said nothing happened to him. All the symptoms, nothing came back on him. He got back to Podako, no symptoms. As at the time he was calling me, no symptoms. He's completely healed. He was so excited. I know he's a calm speaking guy. Started off talking calmly like he was talking to me here. But by the end of it, I could hear the excitement in his voice. I said, this calm guy is now talking like this. God has done something in his life. Amen. Hallelujah. Completely healed. Hallelujah. The power of God is real. Amen. And I'm sure if I call some of us to testify, you still have testimonies. But I won't call you today. Amen. Let's go back to what we were talking about. So, uh, Moab, they got scared. They were so afraid of the people, the children of Israel. They confessed. They gave the rumor <laughs> how they are, the people, the blessed, 
are taking over. Now the blessed were there, thinking something else probably. The blessed were there. Probably not everybody seeing themselves in this light. But God was walking ahead of them and putting their thoughts in the mind of people. In their enemies, he's putting rumors, magnifying them so big. Hallelujah. And in the people that will favor them, he's giving them favor. Amen. And I tell you, the same way God is also gone ahead of us. We read that last um, Sunday. How he has gone ahead of us. His fire, his fear has gone ahead of us. Hallelujah. Just recapping. And then uh, we skipped from there and went to uh, verse 5. And we read from verse 5 how they sent word to Balaam. The king Balak sent word to Balaam. And I, I expressed the little surprise of how people who were outside Israel also had covenant with Jehovah. Because the word Lord there is the word Yahweh. The same God. And let me, know, not, let me now tell you some of the story. How um, Balaam now told them to wait. And how the people waited and slept. And at night, God came to him. Jehovah himself came and spoke to Balaam. This is a prophet that you would think is a prophet of another religion. Hallelujah. But what you thought was another kind of people beside Israel also had covenant with God. And he's always faithful to his covenant. Now what I want us to get from here, while I'm here, um, before we go into talking about the love of God, just stay with me as we proceed. And the elders waited and um, verse 9, verse 10, behold, they said, okay. They told him, there's these people come out of Egypt. They did not even know their name. I want you to note that they did not know their name. Because when Balaam is going to now prophesy, you will see how he would speak uh, by God the right names. Amen. Balaam rose up early in the morning and uh, said unto the priests, get you into your land. For the Lord refused me, um, refused to give me leave to go with you. God did not allow him to go with them. So he sent them back. But the king now sent them back again to him. Um, that's verse 15. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. So he sent other people to come and convince Balaam to come. And they came to Balaam and said, uh, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. That's verse 16. And verse 17, he said, He promised him, I will promote you, I will give you honor, I will do whatsoever you say unto me. Come therefore, I pray you, curse these people. Balaam answered and said, and listen to what Balaam said, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold. And he's talking about the palace. Amen? Palace is not a two-bedroom building. Hello? Neither is it a duplex of ten rooms. He said, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of Yahweh, my God, to do less or more. Understand his commitment. That it's only what I hear God say. That I will say. Even if you may have called him a prophet that uses that gift to get money from people. Amen. Because they contract him to do things. Hallelujah. I don't know how he had his own relationship with God that God allowed him to do that. Amen. 
But he told them clearly, regardless of the gain, regardless of the amount, the transaction, the only thing I would say is what God says. And he will set himself to see what the Lord is saying. Is that not in scripture? Amen. Amen. But a lot of times you see believers who have the mighty Holy Ghost in them. Hallelujah. Have a wonderful covenant with God that is better than every other covenant that has ever existed before. Whether covenant of Abraham, excuse me, the covenant that the children of Israel are operating on here because our covenant stems from the covenant of Abraham. So I can't say covenant of Abraham. But whether it's the covenant that they had then where they had the law and Moses brought the commandment to them which they operated under or any other covenant that anybody operated under, whether Balaam or Job. Because that is also different. Regardless of any other, the Bible says we have a covenant that is better than any other covenant. Established upon better promises. Hallelujah. So much more for us. Are we to hear God and declare that regardless of gain, regardless of advantage that we think we can get, the only advantage that we see is to say what God says. So I set myself to hear God's word and to speak his words that is revealed to my heart. I set myself. Revelation is everything. The spoken word is everything in every situation. And when you have that expectation and your trust is in God because God always speaks. Amen. Amen. Now if this hidden, we, well he's not a hidden because he has a relationship with God. But if this man under his own covenant then would expect God to speak to him based on sacrifices that he would make. Hallelujah. Because if we read further, you see there, he would offer sacrifice. Let's read on. Let's read on. I encourage you, go, go read Numbers 23, 24, 22, 23, 24, and 25. Amen. Because I'm just tempted to read everything here. Are you? Let me calm down. Amen. Hallelujah. So regardless of what you say, I will not go with you. Now, therefore, I pray you tarry you, okay, um, beyond what the Lord says. So he told them to wait again. Now, look, look at verse 20. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, if this, man, if this man come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet, the word which I shall say unto thee, that shall thou do. So, the criteria here is, only what God say, that is what you should do. And for us, the same thing applies. For we are the circumcision. Amen. That do what? Worship God in spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. What is circumcision? We are the covenant people. When you see that word circumcision, understand that covenant is in place. We are the covenant people that follow the promptings of our heart and do not follow laid down principles and written down knowledge. We are the circumcision that hear God and do. Say, I hear God. Say, I hear God. Now, that should not cut you off or put you, throw you away off course. Like, oh, does that mean if I... Me, I can't hear God. Does that mean I'm lost in this covenant? No, 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 no. The Bible says you are his sheep. You know his voice. 
If you are his own, you definitely know his voice. The reason why you are his own, the reason why you are a Christian is because you have the ability to hear God. And his spirit is in you. If I live in your house, why would it be difficult for you to hear me? Amen. And he lives in you. So the Holy Ghost is in me. And beyond that, you are even filled with the Holy Ghost. Say, I speak in tongues. So the Holy Ghost is in me. Say, I'm born again. The Holy Ghost is in me. So, Balak rose up in the morning. Amen. Balak rose up in the morning and went with them. And in verse 22, thank you so much. Am I sweating? I don't sweat. So I'm sweating right now. I, don't, I didn't feel it. I used to wonder when Reverend is not cleaning his face, like, Reverend, clean your face. Are you not feeling the sweat? It's happening to me now. Or Bishop, you know, when Bishop is preaching and he's going like that and he's saying, brethren, and he's sweating. I'm wondering, Bishop, clean your face now, your head. And Bishop is going that. Glory to God. Bishop, you know, I, I, I celebrate you always. We just, I have to just wake some people up. I was at your expense. I'm sorry. Amen. Can we move on now? Okay, then it happened that Balaam now saddled his donkey and got on his way. Funny enough, the people went ahead of him or behind him, but they were not with him. Amen. At least they delivered their own message. And he got on his donkey and he was going. And <laughs> this is why one of the reasons I brought us here. Um, verse 24 no 23 no 22 and God's anger this marveled me he said and God's anger was kindled because he went I thought the verse before this one God told him to go <laughs> uh, hallelujah hallelujah God's anger is God on the side of, the, of the, the blessed people now. Amen. No matter how anointed you are, listen, listen well. Do not, do not, should I say it again? Do not set yourself against the anointed. Never. Never, never, never. Because in your own seeming obedience you incur the anger of the lord because he has he has established words spoken concerning his blessed and regardless oh listen listen well regardless of the error the blessed may be in and i will show you that as time will allow us regardless of the error they may be in god does not care can i say that again he doesn't care. He has his agreement with them to protect them, to do them good, to go against anyone that will go against them. And if you set yourself against them, he will lay aside his whatever and come against you. Not because he wants to destroy anyone, but because he wants to protect his love. Amen. He wants to protect his love. As much as I may like you, you may be my friend. I love you. 
I will not want to hurt you. But if I see you holding my wife's neck or of handling her in love, I'll knock you out. I may not know how to, I may not remember all the skills of fighting because I learned a bit. All the skills, but I still remember the ones that will take you out with one sweep. Just one. Just hit one place. Small. And somebody was trying to bully my children. I started to teach them some small moves. My wife got really concerned. I said, don't worry. This one, is, this one is very important. You see? I said, come. You see? You see this place? Straight in front of you. No matter how tall. If you hit this point, the person will go down. If it's going down, <laughs> don't, just, don't just wait to go down. Make sure you finish the job. I have two boys. One, if I hear they are picking on him, I have no problem. I know he can fight for himself. The other one, I need to teach him how to fight. <laughs> because sometimes he tries to behave like my big brother when we were small. Let me pick on somebody else. When we're young, when we go out, if there is trouble outside the house, if it's me and Paul only, there's going to be a fight outside. And Otopo is in the house. He was a troublesome. Otopo was the quiet one in the house. But was the fighter outside. So if it's just me and him, there's going to be katakata. We'll fight quietly and come home. If we are out and Duxin is with us, there is definitely, no matter how they look for our trouble, there's not going to be a fight. Because Duxin will never fight outside. But Duxin fought very well inside. So anytime we are looking for trouble outside and there is done dukes, just forget about it. Let's go home. So Enyo was is beginning to behave like that. Enyo likes to fight inside. I will now take all the nonsense outside. I say, hey, 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 stop this dukesy spirit. Should not come here. <laughs> you feel your boss in the house. You try to bully everybody. And then somebody push you outside. You start crying and coming. Hey, come, let me teach you how to fight. And as obedient children, some moves come out sometimes. Let's move on. Now, because of God's covenant, God's anger with, with Israel, God's anger was kindled against this prophet. And so, the Bible says he gives his angels charge concerning us to keep us in all our ways. And I told you there are more angels than demons. And the presence of angels around you is much more than the presence of demons. And angels are much more stronger than demons. Amen. And angels have not been disarmed. Upon the fact that they are strong, they have not been disarmed. More so the person behind them and the authority they use is the authority of God. So, tell me, why should I be more conscious of demonic activities than angelic activities? Why should I feel that demons cannot operate and things happen naturally. And I can, I mean, angels cannot operate and things happen naturally. And I can clearly see demonic activities happen and even happen, manifest in the natural. Amen. And I have seen some. Hallelujah. And I know it's demonic activities happening. Hello. When we were in secondary school, because we uh, got born again earlier and we were the ones preaching the gospel. I know how hostel is. When somebody is going out at night to ease themselves, it's you that say you are born again that they will come to call. 
So it became a routine that I always got woken up at night to follow someone outside to ease themselves. And I come out boldly like, huh, what, what, can, what, what, can, what can be there? And one day we came out. Ah. I said, what is that? <laughs> I kept my eyes on this thing. I said, if this thing move, then there's going to be some binding and losing here. And this was like, of course, secondary school, we sleep at 9, lights out at 9, so we go to bed. So this was like 11 a.m., thereabout. And so I stared at this. I just kept white thin on the ground, just, I'm not like, I know where the line is, but this thing is strange. So I just kept my eyes on it. I made sure this guy did not see this thing, because I know if he sees this thing, the whole hostel is going to wake up. So I just made sure, when he finished, let's go inside. And we went inside. And we laid down. Around that three now, somebody else came to wake me up. And I came out. I said, let me even go and see if this thing is still there. Do you know I came, there was nothing there. It was all clear. Absolutely nothing. I came out in the morning, went there to check. Maybe there was a clock. Nothing. But it wasn't clock because it was really bright and shining. And I knew it wasn't an angel. Because when angels come, they come to my place. Amen. Strange things. I can mention quite, and I can mention goodly things that have happened. Amen. But let me not take my time with that. So if demonic activities can happen, and there are some weird demonic activities, right? Uh, uh, Emmanuel Young told me of one when he was in um, the Federal Government College, that's the one I just told you. He was in Federal Government College, Kuali here, and he said um, there's this boy who was being oppressed at night. Demonic activities just coming to press him. And one day, he shouted out, I don't catch him, and held. And boys all woke up because he was really being tormented. Everybody was sympathizing with him. So they were ready this night. And boys all jumped up and saw him holding something and saw, felt, saw how something was scratching him. And they all came and said, tying belt around this thing. And stayed flogging. Boys in school, see so red teeth. And after he did all that, suddenly the belts all dropped. He said, by the next day, one student fell sick. <laughs> you always hear that kind of story. I went home and never came back. Let's not talk demonic stories anymore. <laughs> what did somebody say? <laughs> eh? He don't catch her. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> there was one day in school then, in secondary school also. And um, my friend Usman was in a, in, a, in a mosquito net. And suddenly, I just came in from class. And he said, can you see? Can you see? I came into the net. Well, that day, I didn't see anything. But they had an angelic visitation. Amen. Okay, Otopo was even there. Otopo saw. Because when he said, can you, when, when I came, I came from, of course, I was more of the bookworm than them. It's true. So when I came from class late, it was more or less like the end of what was going on. I, I wanted to enter the mosquito net. OJ, OJB was out, and they refused to allow OJB enter the net. <laughs> Children, bro. So I, when they held the net, I hit their hand and pulled it and put my head inside. It was going on. Well, it was over. I didn't see that one. Well, so on that day, oh, I think I've told you this story. I was lying down, and somebody came to me. Tall, taller than my bunk, and stood beside me 
And we had a lengthy conversation. Funny enough, I woke up, I didn't remember almost anything that we talked about. But clearly, I knew that, of course, people woke me up at night a lot. And it was that same, I was still on the same, it was that same term that, you know, the two stories I told you of how I saw something outside. And I just suddenly came back to myself how I was exchanging pleasantries as far, good, goodbye or something, and turned to face the other way, cover myself to continue sleeping. And then I just said, when I turned, I now said to myself, who was I talking to again? Of course, I then knew, I then knew that it was a supernatural visitation. Those are the few times I've had spectacular things like that. I never really saw a vision, but I hear God. Amen. And so it happened that in the morning, hmm, this is where the story became interesting. In the morning, one of my uh, classmates who was on the bunk next to mine, the, the next corner, we call it corner, the space between bunks next to mine. And he said, Joseph, and this was a Friday night, so it was Saturday morning, no class. So it was more of a preparation for what we call um, inspection, more like sanitation. He said, Joseph, come. I came to his corner. I sat down. Who are you talking to at night? You know how when you see a wild animal, your voice will not come out well. <laughs> when something strikes you in awe, it won't come out. So this guy just couldn't speak well anymore. You know, couldn't lift his voice to me. Who are you talking to at night? I said, what? I know you. I knew what he was talking about, but I pretended like I didn't know anything he was talking about. I said, what? He said, you were talking to somebody at night. I said, What? The guy was white, bright, and standing beside your bed. And you guys were talking. I said, eh. I just did like, I didn't have a clue of what he was talking about. I didn't want the story to go far. So I just said, I didn't, okay, don't worry about it. From that point on, this is SS1, until we finished school. The guy never asked me about it one day. And the way he treated me changed from that day on. <laughs> then I had some encounter with God later on that God made reference to, you know, now speaking to me, I made reference to, this is what I was talking to you about that night. And of course, then I knew what all that was all about. Amen. So, there are supernatural things that happen because the spirit is more real than the natural. How will I help you? iPhone. Who made iPhone? Steve Jobs, right? Who is the, the uh, president and CEO of Apple right now? What's that his name? Tim Cook, right? Yes. iPhone and the maker of iPhone. Let me just put it that way. Not call names. The maker of iPhone. Who is more real? Hello? Which one is more real? Without the maker, would there be iPhone? Now, Apple company itself, in as much as Apple company does not seem like an entity to you or a tangible thing you can hold. Apple is a company. It may not be tangible that you can hold. Of course, they have a premise somewhere or they have compounds somewhere you can go to, but it's not a tangible thing. If you are going to sue Apple, it's not somebody you are going to sue. It's an entity. Kind of... An idea made up. You can't really refer to it and say, this is the apple coming. 
But you can make reference to iPhone. Hello. Now, if Apple is not existing today, would there be iPhone? In no time, all the iPhones will die off. Right? So, in reality, Apple exists more than iPhone. But that concept in your mind, what you see and hold, seem more real to you than actually the entity that made it. Why? Because we move based on natural things. Now, I say all this to tell you, angels are real. And he has given his angels charge concerning you. When somebody came against a prophet, a prophet of God came against Israel. He was not even going to speak against Israel. He was only going to speak what God gave him to say. And he made that very clear. And God made it very clear to him. Yet, the angel stood in his way. Drew his sword and was ready to kill him. Why? Because he has his own, he has his own orders. Talk more if demons of coronavirus set themselves to come against the anointed. Amen. You are protected. You are preserved. A more real force than any force that you can see and exist is charged to, pro to protect you. Say I'm protected. So the donkey saved the prophet. Of course, the donkey dodged the angel. The first time he went into the bush, the prophet flogged it. It came back. It pressed the prophet's leg against the wall in order to escape the angel. The prophet flogged it. Then finally, the angel stood where the prophet, the donkey could not pass at all. And the prophet and flogged it. The, angels, the donkey sat on, his, sat on his leg. And he got very angry. And the Bible said God opened the mouth of the donkey to speak. Now this prophet, he has seen things. Donkey speaking is not a supernatural thing. Because he told the donkey, now that you have even spoken, I would have killed you. So you're, you're talking shouldn't make you feel like you have done something big and I'll be scared of you. He has seen things. He knows the supernatural. He is more conversant with supernatural things. You too should be. Amen. I, I wish time will allow us to go further into this. But let's, let's just finish up. So, um, you know the interesting thing? When his eyes were open to see the, the angel, he told the angel, he bowed himself. He said, I have sinned. Amen. In his covenant, he still understood that he could go wrong against God. He had a good relationship with God. He said, I have sinned. I said, should I go back? The angel that said God's anger was kindled against him and stood to stop him, said, no, you can go. But only say, what you hear God say. And only do what you see God do. Amen. Are you getting tired? So he came and met the king. And the king told him, some people came from somewhere and they have come to lick us up like ox who lick the grass. Curse them. This is a nation that knew how to seek the prophet. The leadership of a nation rests in the hands of the men of God. And if leaders will learn to trust the men of God and seek their leadership, 
in making decisions, we will not have any problem. So also, you, the leader of your life, amen, if you learn to follow the words of the prophet of God over your life and take them literally, when it seems like these people are more than you and they say go after them, you will take your sword and charge at the millions of people and you are just hundred because the prophet has spoken. And you know confidently that because of these words that are spoken, no matter how powerful these people are, with one of your sword, you will take them down. Because it's not the power of your sword. It's the power of your God. Life is a battle of God's. And all you need is just to hear his voice, hear his instruction. I only say what I hear my father say. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So, Balaam came and spoke. He now said, what should I do? He said, set up, set up sacrifice. Sacrifice, sacrifice, blood. Offer seven sacrifices. Amen. Well, he offered, offered up, excuse me. He offered up the sacrifices. And then said, stand by your sacrifice. Let me go up to God and see what he will say. If he has words for you. He was still not even sure, but he just knew if I offer sacrifice to God, because of sacrifice, heaven will open up to me. Principles, because of sacrifice, heaven will open up to me. My brother, my sister, there is no need for any other sacrifice. Because by one sacrifice, heaven is permanently open to you. Is the instructions you need to hear from heaven that is open. Amen. You say, I need to sow seed for heaven to open. My brother, my sister, it's instruction from heaven that is already open that will tell you to sow seed. It's not you sowing seed so that you hear God. It's when you listen, you buy this blood that is, you stand by your own sacrifice and hear heaven open to you. Hear the instruction. The instruction may be to sow seed. Don't put the cart before the horse. Don't for once think that it's what you do that will make God work for you. That will make this sacrifice to work. The sacrifice has worked. Stand by your sacrifice. And Balaam went up. And for sure, a sacrifice has been offered. God spoke. Can we see what God said? What am I in first John? Amen. Numbers. Now 23. Amen. Are you alive in the house? Then Balak, the, the king, uh, brought, and he took up his parable. This is verse 7 of Numbers 23. He took up his parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab, had brought me from Aram. This is now God speaking to him because God, uh, verse 5, said the Lord put word in the mouth of Balaam, Balaam's mouth and said, return unto Balak and thus thou speak. So this is what he's now speaking. Out of the mountain of the east saying, come, curse Jacob. This is the people that did not have any name for who these people are. When the word of the Lord came to him, he knew their name clearly. And he started with their covenant name. Come, curse me, Jacob. Sorry, he started with the name and then went on to the covenant name. Come, defile Israel. But he said, How can I curse whom God has not cursed? And how can I defy whom God has not defiled? 
From the top of a rock I see him and from the hill I behold him. Lo, the people shall come dwell alone. And shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob and, and the number of the, the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous. Let my last end be like this. He said, let me be like this. You know when you see someone looking good, he said, when I grow up, I want to be like you. That's exactly what he said in concluding that. Let my death be the death of the righteous. Let me be like these people. Let me end up the way these people are. Blessed. Blessed. Are you still alive in the house? Of course, Balak was angry. And uh, verse 12, and he said, there is Balaam now speaking back to uh, ba Balak. He said, and he said, must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord has put in my mouth? So the words he spoke only were the words that the Lord put in his mouth. Um, then he took him to another place. And verse 16, and the Lord met Balaam. That's after offering the second sacrifice. I put word in his mouth again. Now hear the words that he spoke, verse 18. And he said, he took a parable. He took his parable and said, rise up Balak. And hear, hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said and shall he not do? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he had blessed. I cannot reverse it. Say I'm blessed. It cannot be reversed. He had not. This is why these people are blessed and it cannot be reversed. He had not beheld iniquity. In Jacob... Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord is God is with him and the shout of the king is among them. Amen. Hallelujah. God has brought them out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of an unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob. There is no divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of the Lord of Israel. What has God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lift up themselves as a young lion and shall not lie down until they eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. Amen. You are blessed. You are healed. It cannot be reversed. There is nothing that can come against you. Whether any virus, whatever name, or any sickness or any disease that can prevail. Because you are blessed and it cannot be reversed. Amen. Let's just dare a little further. And then it happened again in chapter, four, chapter 24 that he went again and offered one more sacrifice. Amen. And this time, verse 2 of chapter 24, and Balak lift, Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding in their tent according to their tribe. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he took a parable and said, Balaam, the son of Boah, has said. And the man whose eyes are open has said. Like Reverend will say, if I be a prophet, this is what he's saying here. The man whose eyes are open has said, he had said, and which had the word of God, which saw the mighty vision of Almighty, falling in a trance, but having his eyes open. How goodly are your tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel. As the valleys are they spread forth, as gardens by the riverside, as the trees line, align, Aloes, which the Lord has planted, as cedar trees between the waters. He has poured out the waters out of his bucket, and his seed shall be in many waters. And his kings shall be mightier than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted. God brought him out of Egypt. He has set him 
where the strength he has set him as where the strength of an unicorn and he shall eat up the nations his enemies and shall break their bones and pieces them <laughs> brought with with his arrows his cosh his lion and then went on then verse let me let me just read that last part bless is he that blessed thee and cost is he that cost thee do you know do you see what balaam please stay with me i'm running up stay with me i know my time is just 27 26 seconds Look at what Balaam said here. Ended with something. Blessed seed that bless you, and curse is seed that curse you. Somebody with this revelation, do you think he will ever open his mouth to curse Israel? Balak got angry, and Balaam said to him, "Come, let me tell you what these people will do to you." Then he told him what they were going to do. That's the last one, the fourth part of the prophecy that Balaam gave. But look at this. The reason why nothing can happen to them is because God has not seen iniquity in them. Then you will not think, I have to be perfect. I have to have done nothing wrong for me to be confident to say that no evil shall be for me. Is that not true? Hello? But the truth is, you are perfect before him. What he sees is not what you are thinking. What he sees is what Christ has done. You are already righteous. Now, even with these people who were in Israel, who had a covenant that is faulty, let me just read one thing to you. Go to verse 20, chapter 25. Now, this is now saying what was happening physically. What God saw was what his covenant was with them. Please listen to this conclusion. What God saw was what, was what he saw for them. Regardless of what they were seeing or doing. Amen. Amen. The words that came out of Balaam's mouth is God's covenant with Israel. It's him saying, you are beautiful from head to toe. God's mind concerning you is constantly like that. Verse 25. Give us verse 1 of 25. Thank you. And Israel abode in Shittim. And the people began to commit what hold them with the daughters of Moab, the same people that were so afraid of them. Israel began to go into adultery with them. The same people. While they were doing this, God was speaking beautiful beyond compare. It was so bad while the leaders were mourning. And this is pathetic. While the leaders were mourning before God, if you read for that, read up to verse 6, you see that. One of them, in their very before, went and took one of the daughters of Moab, passed where they could see him, to his tent to go and sleep with her. Not only commit spiritual adultery of going to another place, another covenant that God says should not go, but also physically took her while the elders were before God to go and sleep with her in the tent. What sacrilege. Yet, God say, I do not behold iniquity in Israel. One of the elders, I like this guy. One of the elders rose up because the anger of God was about to be kindled. Took his javelin. Went, while they were waiting before God, he left the congregation, went into that tent Trust his javelin through the guy and the woman together. And scripture said the anger of the Lord was stayed back. Because of that guy's action. 
So of all the other people did, God didn't. Regardless, please, look, listen, listen. It's not conditioned to do things wrong. But I'm telling you, it's not as a reason of what you have done right that the angel of the Lord is protecting you. It's not as a reason of what you have done right or how good you have been that you are prospering. That God is saying there is no enchantment, no divination. It is because of his covenant. And what your eyes must be on is his covenant. While he is there telling Balaam never to curse them, you can't curse these people, they were misbehaving. So guess what? Is there any sin that is bigger than the blood of Jesus? Oh, don't put yourself down. God loves you. God loves you in spite of what? Yes, he does not want you to sin. But what can separate you from the love of God? Jesus came and dealt with sin. Once and for all. Sin has been cured. Sin is no longer the problem. What you need to do is to know and believe this love. Time will not allow us anymore. Amen. Say, I know. I believe the love of God. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. And his covenant with me cannot fail. Because Jesus gave his blood for me. Perfectly, he has forgiven my sins. Now, I am righteous. There is nothing that can come against me. I can succeed. No weapon fashioned against me can prosper. Every tongue that raised against me, in judgment, I condemn. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my God, in you I trust. No evil shall befall me. No plague shall come near my dwelling. You have given your angels charge, commandment concerning me. They keep me in all my ways. I will not dash my foot against a stone. You, O oh God, you are my habitation. You are my refuge. Glory! Glory! Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. This is the unadulterated word of God coming to you from Savannah Ministries. We build up believers unto maturity. We raise ministers for the end-time harvest. We preach the word of God with signs and wonders following. And we use the word of God to meet the needs of mankind.